Welcome to Communio Sanctorum, the history of the Christian Church. This episode continues our series examining the impact that Christianity has had on history and culture. Today, we're considering how the faith impacted the world's view of charity and compassion. Early Christians quickly gained a reputation for their concern for the poor and the disenfranchised. Unlike paganism with its acceptance of fate and the Greco-Roman enforcement of social classes, the gospel viewed all human beings as created in God's image and of equal value. Having its roots firmly in Judaism, Christianity considered justice to include a healthy dose of mercy and compassion. The law of Moses regulated the treatment of slaves so they retained their dignity. It required that the corners of fields be left unharvested so the poor could glean. And it required an annual tithe to be set aside, specifically for the poor and the needy. All of this was unheard of in the pagan world. The parable of the Good Samaritan was one of the favorites of the faith and shaped the church's mindset toward the needy. In the mid-third century, Tertullian in North Africa records that Christians had a common fund to which they voluntarily contributed. No strong-arm fundraising was needed. Believers were glad to add coins to the box whenever they could. This fund supported widows, the disabled, orphans, the sick, and prisoners who were jailed for their faith. It was also used on occasion to bury the poor or to purchase a slave's freedom. All of this stands in marked contrast with the Greco-Roman attitude toward the poor. They practiced what was known as liberalitas. This was assistance a wealthy benefactor showed to someone who was in need, but always with an eye to the repaying the favor someday and somehow. In Roman society, the upper classes rose in status by having lots and lots of clients that supported them. They shouted a person's name when cued to do so at a public event, and the louder your name was shouted, the more supporters you had, and so the more prestige you garnered. So, a wealthy Roman would help someone who was needy only if that person would go on to add their voice to their support base. It wasn't genuine charity, it was a way of buying support. I'll help you today if you shout my name tomorrow, and if you shout it real loud and get all of your family and friends to the do the same, uh, maybe I'll kick in a few extra coins. The motive was purely selfish. Charity just for the sake of helping someone in need, was officially considered by both the Greeks and the Romans as being weak and counterproductive. Someone who'd fallen onto hard times and couldn't rescue himself was considered pathetic and not worthy of concern. And who knows, their poverty or illness might just be the work of the gods as punishment for some foul sin. So don't alleviate their suffering or you might incur the wrath of the fickle deities who controlled the fate of mere mortals. I just said that charity wasn't officially allowed in pagan societies for these reasons, but history does tell us that while paganism didn't practice it, some pagans occasionally did. Almost all cases we know of where people reached out to help others in need was when some catastrophe like an earthquake struck or maybe a fire would sweep a city. Then the suffering was so widespread and so in everyone's face that people couldn't avoid helping in some way. But generally, in day-to-day life, all giving to the needy had a self-serving end. Christians didn't practice the selfish liberalitas of the Romans. They practiced caritas, compassionate caring. There was no thought of what one was going to get out of such care. It was done simply because the person receiving the help needed it. 
the motive was to glorify God. Believers were moved by the words of 1 John chapter 4, verses 10 and 11, where John writes, In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Christians remembered what Paul had written in Philippians chapter 2, verse 4. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. In the 5th century, Cyril, the bishop of Jerusalem, sold the treasures and ornaments of the church to provide relief for starving people. And in the 10th century, the bishop of Winchester sold all the gold and silver vessels of the cathedral to relieve the poor during a time of harsh famine. He justified his actions, saying, quote, There is no reason the temple of God should abound in riches when the living temples of the Holy Spirit starve, unquote. Historian Christopher Dawson records that nearly every local church had an official list of widows, and the needy they supported and the sums given by those with means was substantial. Christians didn't just keep their charity to themselves. They met the needs of those outside the church as well. Both the Didache and the second century letter called the Shepherd of Hermas called believers to meet the needs of everyone who had genuine need. Providing such charity turned into a rather risky business. By the 3rd century, Christians had gained a reputation for their selfless love, and this attracted even more to their numbers. And so because of that, two emperors forbade prisoners from receiving outside help, which was really a death sentence since their food came from what family and friends provided. Though it was against the law, Christians continued taking care of prisoners. Thankfully, few jailers enforced the emperor's edicts since they didn't want their prisoners dying on them. The charity of the early Christians flowed from the wider sense of compassion that Jesus had consistently demonstrated throughout his life. The Gospels regularly comment on how Jesus was moved by compassion and reached out to take care of the poor and needy. Since being a disciple means being just like a rabbi, the Christians sought to install compassion as one of their key virtues. Yet, as with charity, in paganism, compassion was not esteemed. The formative Greek thinker Plato said that a poor man, and especially a slave, who was no longer able to work because of sickness or age, should be left to die. The famous Greek physician Asclepius refused treatment to patients that he deemed not worthy of surviving. The Roman philosopher Plautus said, quote, You do a beggar bad service by giving him food and drink. You lose what you give and prolong his life for more misery. Unquote. In the 5th century BC, the Greek historian Thucydides reported when a massive plague struck Athens during the Peloponnesian War that unaffected Athenians fled, leaving the sick behind to tend themselves. But in the mid-4th century AD, the Emperor Julian the Apostate, who, as his name implies, hated Christians, couldn't help but give them grudging respect that they alone stayed to tend the sick when a plague struck the empire. He wrote, quote, The impious Galileans, which was his word for the Christians, whom he called impious because they refused to worship the pagan gods, these impious Galileans relieve both their own poor and ours. It is shameful that ours should be so destitute of our assistance, unquote. Of course, we need only look back a few episodes to be reminded of the shocking lack of compassion that Roman society had when we consider the popularity of the gladiatorial games. Compassion runs thin when life is cheap. The compassion and charity of Christians stood out all the more when it was seen against the backdrop of a brutal Roman culture. 
Jesus said, quote, Greater love has no one than this, than that he laid down his life for his friends, unquote. Christians sought to demonstrate that love in the streets and byways of the empire, and it had a profound impact in drawing people to faith in Christ. The story of Pacomius is just one of many examples. Pacomius was a pagan soldier in the Emperor Constantine's army. He watched while Christians brought food to his fellow soldiers who were afflicted with famine and disease, and he was profoundly moved. When he learned that they were motivated by a religion called Christianity, he became curious to understand a doctrine that inspired them to such love and generosity. And so he began to study the faith and was soon a convert. Something similar to that was duplicated tens of thousands of times all over the empire. Pacomius and others were moved by the compassionate acts of the Christians because Greco-Roman culture just didn't see the hungry, sick, and dying as worthy of assistance. The worth of a human being was determined by external and accidental circumstances in proportion to the position that one held in the community or state. A human being only had value as a citizen, but very few people qualified as citizens. So the sick, poor, and the lower classes like slaves, artisans, and other manual workers for whom the Christians had compassion weren't citizens in the eyes of freemen. Non-citizens were defined as having no purpose and so not worthy to be helped when their lives were in jeopardy. In their dire condition, they received little food and physical protection. So, it's understandable why Christianity spread most rapidly in the early centuries among, can you guess who? Yeah, the poor and the needy, among slaves and the disenfranchised. That's why it came under the scrutiny of officials and the scorn of the elite. Now, to be sure, there were both highly placed believers as well as some of the ancient world's most intelligent and erudite. But generally, officials feared that Christianity would rally the lower classes to rebel, while the unbelieving elite shunned it as a religion for the pathetic. They were wrong then, and they are wrong still. In truth, today's liberalism is but a secularized version of Christian charity and compassion. But without the God who declares life sacred, liberalism's commitment to compassion will be traded in for paganism's utilitarianism, a process that's already well underway. Sing like never before Oh my soul Worship your Oh, oh, oh.